Hi, my name is Dave Colbar, and welcome to the second installment of the Satori Lifestyle. The whole concept with this podcast is it's all about uh, addressing and talking about health, fitness, mindset, relationships, stress management, all the things that when you address them correctly will help you be at your best. Our definition of Satori is in the moment at your best and it refers to that present state of consciousness when you have mental clarity, physical energy, and emotional calm. Imagine if you spent most of the majority of your time there, how much you'd accomplish. Now that might not be realistic, but boy, it's really good to strive towards. You know, one of the things that I'm aware of is how much negativity there is out there, right? Everywhere you go, somebody or something is kind of trying to pull you down and it's really hard to kind of keep yourself up at a high level. And I love the quote from Tony Robbins and it goes like this, stand guard at the door of your mind. And man, such a good piece of, of, what, of really good advice. So today's um, podcast, the topic is going to be living the samurai lifestyle. And uh, it really stems from two different things. Number one, my relationship with my one of my martial arts teachers, Shihan Makayo Nishiuchi. I, I've been training with Shihan Nishiuchi for twenty, almost twenty-eight years, in two different martial arts. The first art is Kabuto. And Kabuto is ancient Okinawan weaponry, and it's the weapons involve a bow staff, a kama, a sai, a nunchaku, tonfa. So those are the primary ones, although there's actually other ones beyond that. And, uh, and for those of you that have never done martial arts or don't know what I'm talking about, think Ninja Turtles. Most of the weapons that Ninja Turtles use are, are very traditional, old-school martial arts weapons. I also train with him in another art, and it's Yaido. And Yaido is the peacetime art of the samurai. It's the art of drawing the sword. And uh, it's a very elegant art. Art. It's very Zen. And both these arts serve very little practical fun- function in today's society. I mean, it's not a weapon that I'm going to be using when I'm walking down the street. But there's a couple of reasons why I train with them. First off, I just enjoy uh, the history of martial arts and learning authentic old school weaponry. It's just everybody has a hobby. That's one of mine. Number two is I enjoy spending time with Shion Nishiuchi because he's like a like a real-life samurai. He grew up in post-World War II uh, Japan. And uh, and he he started martial arts training very young, and he's got a really interesting perspective on life and martial arts. And the line is very blurred between those two, and I love that about him. Uh, the other part of uh, uh, my influence for this particular topic comes from the book Hagakure. Hagakure was written, written in the in the early 1700s by a, a samurai by the name of Yamamoto Tsunetomo, and it's and it's really it's called the Book of the Samurai or the Code of the Samurai. And really, what he does, he documents. Bushido or warrior spirits and it's a very in a lot of ways the book is really insightful it's got a bunch of gems of wisdom and if you've read if you're thinking about reading it no it's really politically incorrect it was written a long time ago in a different age and the caste system was alive and well in Japan at the time so a lot of stuff doesn't translate directly to the 21st century but there's a lot of things that do and of course that's what I'm going to focus on so the the reason why uh, you know the, the reason why those two topics kind of fascinate me is is it's 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 really that is Shion Nishuchi and the book Hagakure is it's really about living the samurai lifestyle in modern times it's not about walking around with a sword being ready for battle although you might be ready for battle uh, it's really about how can you practice, you know, martial arts or martial arts thoughts and, and, and topics on a regular basis, even when you're not training in martial arts? And I want to share with you six words. Uh, and these are things that you can do virtually, you know, every waking hour that will help your training regardless of your, of your discipline, whether it be a martial arts or anything else. And so these six words... Uh, uh, to me, if you can practice these, man, it'll get you to a whole nother level. So I want to go talk about, I'm going to mention all six words first, and then I'm going to backtrack and talk about each one in detail. So the very first word is balance. 
Following balance is breathing. The third word is stride. The fourth word, let me start all over again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase these. The first word I want to focus on is posture. Excuse me. The second one, breathing. The third one, stride. The fourth one is balance. The fifth, grace. And the sixth, intent. Now, um, let's begin with the first one. So the, the concept with posture is this. So first off, from a martial arts standpoint, posture is very martial. It's very uh, warrior-like. Think about this. You are a predator, and you're hiding in the shadows, and you're thinking of someone that you, you're looking for prey, looking for a victim, and you see two people. One has this incredibly straight posture, standing alert and aware and proud, and there's someone else is hunched over, right? Poor posture. Who are you going to attack? You are, in almost every case, um, going to attack the person with poor posture. So when you have good posture, it projects confidence. So first and foremost, that's a good reason for doing it. But beyond that, the health benefits of posture are numerous. So first off, uh, when your posture is straight, the whole idea with posture is it's, it's, it places the, 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 the least strain on supporting muscles and ligaments during movement or weight-bearing exercise or, or simply standing or seating, sitting, right? And so imagine for a second, I want to make the analogy, I compare it to a flagpole. If there's a flagpole that you are holding up, it has not yet been mounted into the ground, right? And there's no wind and you have it absolutely straight up and down, that flagpole could weigh a thousand pounds and you could balance it with a finger. But let's imagine a wind blew it down and now it's at an angle and you're trying to support it. Man, all of a sudden that's really heavy, right? Well, when, when our posture is straight, we're, we're working with gravity, not against gravity. So what happens is, is that it takes a lot less energy to be able to stand or sit if your posture is good once you've trained yourself. Now, if your posture is poor, it's a, it's a retraining process, right? But once you train yourself, a lot less energy. Second thing is you're way less likely to hurt yourself uh, when your posture is straight. For example, if I have poor posture, chances are the middle of my back or my lower back is strained. I, you know, I might throw my back out. I, I might have too much weight on one leg or the other, therefore hurting my knee. I'm basically out of balance. So the key with good posture is when you're standing is to have your chin in, your shoulders over your hips, over your knees, right? And when you're seated, the same thing. Uh, chin in, shoulders over your hips, over your knees. And this is, posture has become incredibly important now for people of all ages, especially they're seeing it a lot in kids now with how much time where kids may have been, you know, what generations ago outside playing, now they're, they're hunched over a computer, right? And so one way to test your posture, how your posture is, is stand against a wall with your hips against the wall and your shoulders against the wall, and then tuck your chin in and touch the back of your head against the wall. Now, certainly you can touch the back of your head against the wall if you lift your chin up. But that's not developing the right posture. Tuck your chin in and, and lean your, the back of your head against the wall. If it's extremely uncomfortable, chances are that's something you might need to work on a little bit. And by the way, a great exercise to develop posture is just what I said, stand, stand against that wall. But then once you're in that position, put your arms out at an angle, you know, onto the sides of you like their wings and just kind of move them up and down uh, from side to side. Or imagine that you're climbing a ladder. Use your hands in front of you like that. And what that does, it stimulates all the muscles in the, you know, in the spine and, and, and neck that are really going to help keep your posture straight. Uh, so super important, a good place to start. Uh, and when your mom was, when you were little, chances are your mom said, sit up straight, right? Well, it's a great bit of advice. So that would be a, a really good place to start. So that's something, once again, you can do anytime. And what, when you're doing that, you know, man, you're actually training, right? That's the way I look at it. Okay, the second one that I want to talk about is breathing. Now, of course, breathing is something you guys have been doing your whole life. You know, uh, you can last, what is it, what do they say, uh, uh, you know, 10 days without food, three days without water, and about you know, four minutes without air, right? Oxygen is super important. The, if you watch a newborn, you'll, if you watch them breathe, you'll see that they breathe through their belly. They breathe correctly. And somewhere 
over time, many people uh, develop, uh, they start breathing through their mouth and they do chest breathing or what's called thoraxial breathing. And, and what happens is they're never really able to, to take a full breath and, and a full breath helps to fully oxygenate the blood, which makes you more alert and aware, etc. And so uh, one of the things that a good habit to get into okay, is to try to breathe through the nose. It's, uh, so when you breathe through your, your mouth or you do chest breathing, what tends to happen, that's associated with uh, being afraid, uh, being angry. Think about that. If someone's angry, you've got that short, choppy breath or the afraid, very similar, okay, or stressed. When you breathe through your nose and into your belly, which is called abdominal breathing or diaphragmic breathing, it engages the lower lobes of the lungs, which are associated with being calm and centered, okay? So uh, a great breathing exercise Especially if you're like maybe you've wound up for the day, you're, you know you're, you're kind of you're kind of wired. What can you do? Well, uh, stand or sit with your posture erect and put one hand on your chest and one on your belly. And by the way, anytime you do a breathing exercise, you always start with an exhale first. Uh, Imagine that you've got a you know you got to air out a building you know there's mildew in the, in the building and man it's, it smells really bad you don't turn a fan and blow air into the room you what do you do the first thing you do is you open that door and you blow air out right well so it's really important when you start a breathing exercise is that you exhale first as much air as you possibly can and then breathe from the belly in and the whole idea with nice easy breathing through the nose uh, you you want to try to get to a, a point where it's taking anywhere from six to ten seconds for a breath in and out and somewhere around you know it, 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 in the course of uh, a minute six to ten breaths somewhere right around that range I think we uh, 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 that uh, actually a little longer, 10 seconds minimum, right? And, and if you can do it longer, that's even better. Uh, so the whole idea with this, with this, though, is that this will help calm your heart rate, lower your blood, blood pressure. And you all know this. You've given you this advice to your friends, right, before. And by the way, uh, even when you're busy, especially when you're breathing, if you're busy, if you don't have like a full 20 minutes just to kind of chill, take a nap or do a meditation or something like that, hey, man, 10 nice, slow, deep breaths can do an amazing difference. So don't be afraid, uh, you know, as far as your energy goes and, and getting you kind of calm. So don't be afraid to kind of put the do not disturb sign on your door, pull your car over the side of the road and just uh, take a few breaths and it can make an, a big difference in kind of getting you back on track. Another way, of course, is, is fast breathing in and out, again, through the nose and deep into the belly. Uh, always start with an exhale. It's almost like, you know, an, an account every two or three seconds in and out. And this is more like hyperventilating. So by the way, I wouldn't recommend doing it when you're driving, but it's a great way if you like, uh, if you woke up and you didn't get your coffee, Man, that deep breathing for 30 seconds to a minute can be amazing as far as charging you up. And here's something that's really important. The very first word was posture. And if your posture isn't straight, it's hard to take deep breaths. So that breathing follows posture. Posture straight, that, that diaphragmic breathing becomes a lot easier. Okay, so the third word, the third word I want to talk about is stride. As in, how large is, how long is your stride? And when you think of stride, you, you guys, we've all heard the phrase, oh man, she's finally hit her stride. And what that really means is, hey man, someone's kind of come into their own, right? It's associated in a good way. Well, um, if you took uh, a couple of people that were the same age, same height, same approximate weight, and you measured their stride, the person with the longer stride in almost every case would be healthier than the other person. The chances are they'd live longer as well. Now, here's the question Are they healthier because their stride is longer? Longer, or is their stride longer because they're healthier? I don't know which, but I know it makes sense to increase your stride, okay? So imagine, for example, if my normal stride is about 32 inches, what can I do to make it 34 or 35 inches? Um, and by the way, what does this do? When your stride is good, it forces you to straighten out your posture and it makes breathing easier. So all these work together.
Okay, so I would, if this makes sense, I would encourage you, uh, you know, to find a time every day where you work on your stride. For me, it's when I leave the gym in the morning. I'm a guy that gets up and goes to the gym real early in the morning. When I go out to my car after workout, that's the time that I anchor in and remember to make a nice extra big step. And hopefully, it's become habit for me, right? And and so a really valuable thing to add to your arsenal. And once again, think about it from a predator standpoint. If you're a predator and you're seeing two people walking and you're trying to pick which one you're going to attack, you see somebody with this really long, confident stride and you see somebody else that's shorter uh, stride, Chan- chances are pretty good you're going to go with the person with the shorter stride because they're not projecting the level, same level of health and confidence that the other person. All right, so the first word was breathing. The second word was, let me, let me try, I'm getting this all wrong today. Sorry, man. The first word was posture. The second word, breathing. The third word, stride. The fourth word, balance. Now, what I want to talk about balance, of course, uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. We can look at it from a kind of a, a lifestyle uh, strategy, making sure you balance work and play. As a matter of fact, there's a great uh, 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 quote that, that uh, is attributed to samurai, and it's, Chuyu deari. Chuyu deari. I'm probably messing up the, the translation really bad, but it roughly translated means moderation, variety, and balance in all aspects of life, right? So that's certainly important, but the kind of balance I'm talking about is literally physical balance. So most of us know somebody that as they age, they fell over, maybe broke their hip, and now they're in a wheelchair or caused, you know, fell over and hurt themselves really badly, right? And so what's this could happen for a couple of reasons. So number one is, is if you don't exercise as you get older, more atrophy kicks in it's harder to actually pick that leg up. So a lot of times people simply, when they walk, they just don't pick their toe up enough and it catches on a curb or something, boom, down, bang, they fall. But the other thing is, is as we age, our, our balance decreases dramatically. And so, but that can, you can combat that by do, actually doing balance exercises, okay? The other thing, and I'm going to talk about a couple of real basic ones, okay? Um, uh, the other thing that, that working on balance does is it really helps keep you centered emotionally. And let me, if, you, if you're trying to figure out what I'm talking about, imagine this, okay? Imagine that you are at line at the grocery store and the grocery store line is too long, you're in a hurry, and you're starting to get frustrated and irritated, okay? You're, you're mildly irritated. So next time this happens, simply pick a foot up and take it a couple inches off the ground and focus on your balance and watch what happens. One of two things is going to happen. Number one is you're not going to have very good balance and your foot's going to t- step down to the floor. Okay. Or number two, you're going to really focus on your balance and you're going to find you lose some of that upset. There's a great quote that goes like this. Concentrate on your balance, lose your upset. Concentrate on your upset, lose your balance. And the thing is, is that emotional upset and physical balance don't mix. They're like oil and water. When I'm emotionally upset, my physical balance is bad. So when I find myself there, if I have the wherewithal simply to pick up a foot and focus on my balance, what's amazing, and I've tried this a hundred times, it's incredible. What's amazing is slowly, okay, as you focus on that balance, that, that, that upset, Okay, that emotion dissipates, it's leaves, it's, 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 it's diminished. It may not completely leave, but all of a sudden it's, 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 you're able to contain it. Um, so a really powerful drill for that. So how do you practice balance? Hopefully every day there's a bunch of things. So once again, you're standing in line at the grocery store. If you're having a conversation with somebody, anytime you simply pick your foot up a couple inches off the ground, no one will even notice, but now you're focusing on your balance and try to do both legs. Uh, some of the things that I do is I put my shoes on standing up. Now, I know that sounds silly, but because of my profession, I'm taking my shoes off and on all the time during the day uh, to step out on the mat, uh, etc. So I might take my shoes off and on three or four times a day. So if 
every time I do that, I'm standing. And by the way, extra credit would actually put your sock on standing. What it does, it forces you to physically work, to work on your balance physically. But also, it's like a little mini meditation because you can't be concentrating on anything else. And all of a sudden, you find yourself incredibly present focused on this gesture of putting on a sock or putting on a shoe or tying that shoe when it's up. And all of a sudden, man, whatever stress you have tends to kind of leave. It's a real powerful thing. Um, a while back, a few months ago, my wife and I are grocery shopping. We get back from the grocery store, and, and in California now, you can't, uh, uh, you know, you have to pay for your uh, uh, grocery bags, which I think is a good thing, right? But what it's caused us to do is really load up those bags a lot more than we used to. So anyway, we get back in the store, and I get, I have three bags, and they're all pretty heavy, and two in one hand and one in another, and I probably have, I don't know, 50, 60 pounds of weight, and it, and the bags are kind of awkward, and I walk over to the back door, and my wife's going to open up. She's got the keys, and and I realize she's not there. And I look over my shoulder and there she is. She's in the car still talking to her, one of her sisters on the phone. And at first I'm kind of rolling my eyes like, oh, and then I go, wait a minute. Opportunity to work balance. I pick my leg up off the ground and I hold. Now I'm training. Now, however long it took, it wasn't that long, 30, 45 seconds or something. But I'm making good use of that time. I'm working on my balance and my focus, right? So there's all kinds of applications of that. All right, so I want to review the words we've talked about. I know we're going fast. The first one was posture. The second one. Breathing, the third one, stride, the fourth one, balance. All right, the next word, grace. Now, let me tell you, I've been playing with these, these six words for quite a while, and this word I've changed a few times. I was using the word being su- uh, supple. I was using agility, but I want to describe it, and I think, to you, and I think grace is the best word. It, imagine if you've ever watched a, uh, someone do parkour or free running, and the elegance and efficiency of movement, right, as they jump and hop and roll, and etc. Or uh, someone that's, that's a high-level gymnast or a dancer or a martial artists. They have got that level of of grace, a level of elegance of movement. Well, what can you do to practice that level of of elegance of grace in your daily actions? Can you, when you're getting laundry out of the dryer, right, your clothes out of the dryer, can you, do you stumble around and bend over in an awkward position as you pull the junk out and stumble over to the couch and drop it down and start folding? Or can you be elegant and relaxed as you do it and very efficient. When you're getting groceries out of the back of the car, can you do the same thing? When you're going upstairs, instead of clomping up those stairs loudly, can you very gently kind of ninja run up the stairs, right? Uh, When you go down the stairs, the same thing. Can you just be mindful? One of the things that I do, my office is upstairs, and, uh, and so I must go up the stairs in the course of a day, it might sometimes 20, 25 times. And, uh, uh, and so why so many times? I, I've never been diagnosed, but I'm sure I have ADHD, or at least I use that as an excuse for getting up a lot and running downstairs and getting a drink of water or talking to somebody or hitting the bag or something. But what I do every day is I find a different way to go up the stairs. So one way I'll go up the stairs is walking up backwards. By the way, really very challenging to do. But what it does, it, it, you know, I believe it's helping me become more graceful with my movements. Or I'll take two at a time, or I'll, I'll be real light, or I'll do a, a, a skater run. And what I mean by that is I'll like I'm like I'm speed skating I'll I'll push off with my right to the far right of the stair and then I'll push off with my left to the far left and I'll make my way kind of prance back and forth or I'll I'll walk up sideways stepping in front kind of grapevining stepping in front and then behind as I go up the stairs by the way don't do that going down the stairs it's very dangerous I find out the hard way it's very easy to fall doing that so there's all kinds of moments that you can practice really working on being really graceful with your movements and what that does is that really brings us into the the present moment and 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 the final the, the final word is intent 
And the concept with intent is that there's a, in a Japanese tea ceremony, it's, it's present focus, bringing your energy, your focus to what you're doing. In Japanese tea ceremony, there's a phrase, ichigo, ichi-e, ichigo, ichi-e. And uh, the concept with that means is one chance, one encounter. That's kind of the traditional kind of term, but there's a better uh, interpretation that I like a lot, and that is treasure every encounter for you will it will never reoccur. Occur. Let me say that again. Treasure every encounter for it will never reoccur. And so the whole idea with this is is that when you meet your intent, if you're going to meet somebody, you know, either it be a friend that you see, you know, once a week for lunch or someone new for the first time, that's the only time. That's never going to happen again that day that way, right? And, and so what we want to do is we want to bring our spirit to that moment as much as we possibly can. You guys have all got, walked into an establishment. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm, as of this, I'm taping this from a hotel in New Jersey as I'm getting ready for a seminar tomorrow. And I, when I walk into this hotel, we come out here several times a year, and it's actually the Hilton Garden uh, in, in uh, Edison, New, York, New Jersey, a really nice place. And, man, the guy that, that greeted me really connected like you know you could tell it was very obvious that he enjoyed his job and so we've also been to somewhere where somebody they don't really kind of give us their energy right so the key thing is can you what is your intent when you're meeting someone for the first time um, and you we should do this with everybody but imagine a business encounter the difference if someone comes in and you're going to you want to do business with someone that first impression and i think the key to this is you don't have to be phony just Try to be sincerely interested in the person that you're meeting, and that alone will get you to respond in the appropriate way, okay? But it's not always about being, you know, the intent might be different if I'm going to battle. Maybe I'm going to step into a cage or I have to defend myself. What I'm bringing to the table then is a completely different type of intent, right? So I want to be congruent with that. When anytime I'm, I'm 100% congruent with my intent, I'm going to perform better. Okay. I'm going to do it better. And, uh, and, and there's a, there's a, and I'm probably uh, messing up the, the uh, pronunciation of this as well, but there's a Japanese term, shikanome. Shikanome roughly translated means there's death in his eyes. And it's used to describe the look a samurai warrior had when they, when they go to battle. And it's not like this crazy mayhem look. It's more like eye of the tiger. It's a calm confidence. And you see it you know, with high-level fighters, right? Or high-level other athletes, you know? You might see it on the sidelines before a football game, and you see the people as the national anthem is going. You can look in their eye, and you can feel that calm confidence, that preparedness. And, and that's something that can be practiced. And so what I'd strongly encourage you to do is, is to make it a point to, and what I try to do is every day is have a ritual of just kind of make, try to being as present focused as possible. Because when I'm present focused, man, I always do a better job. And that intent will help me to get there. All right, I want to review those, quick, those, uh, uh, those six words again. And this time I promise to get them in the right order, okay? The very first word was, let me see if you remember, posture. Second word was breathing. The third word was stride. The fourth word was balance. The fifth word, grace. And the final word, intent. So imagine what can you do every day to be thinking about those words. Just the mere notion of, of writing those words down somewhere and thinking about them. Watch what happens. Things will be a little different. And perhaps uh, I, I'm a real strong believer in the spiral theory of learning from, from uh, Benjamin Franklin. That's taking one concept and kind of working through it. And if these make sense to you, perhaps for a week, you really focus on your posture. That's your main. That's your core thing. What do I mean by that? Probably not all day every day, but what if you were to three times a day Stop and spend about three minutes thinking about your posture and, and really focusing on your posture and, and practicing good posture. Maybe doing those exercises that we talked about earlier. And then the next week, then focus on your breathing. 
And the next week, really focus on your stride. And then when you're done with these six words, man, start over again. And it's amazing the impact a little thing like this can do because it really helps you to live on purpose. And when you're living on purpose, great things can happen. So I really appreciate you hanging out for the second installment of the Satori Lifestyle. And if you like this, please, man, you know, share it with your friends. Please subscribe. Lots more great stuff coming. By the way, just so you know, these aren't all going to be me talking. I've got plenty of great interviews planned. Uh, but I got a few important topics I wanted to kind of discover or to review with you just to get things going out of the gate. So take care, and we'll talk to you next time. This is Dave Kovar, and I'm signing off. <laughs>